0: two extremely heavy suitcases, half a semester worth of tuition in the form of traveler's checks, I find myself exactly 14,705 miles away from home, thriving in the great American dream. Well, most stories that you hear about this kind of a journey starts off very bleak, poverty, struggle. Mine is not such a story. Mine is a story of a young man who left and came here, dropped a career that I was extremely successful at to come and search for what I've considered to be the next step. A very moving conversation is one that I had with the registrar when I first got here. Got to the school, had my two very heavy suitcases, went into Bob's office and introduced myself. He looked at me and he looked at my file and with his head tilted with curiosity he looked at me and said, what are you doing here? Well, It is this question that I'm going to attempt to answer in this podcast. What am I doing here? Now that I had this vision in my head, this picture of me getting this college degree that I was wanting so badly, I had to come up with a plan. I had to figure out exactly how to do it. I had to come up with a roadmap, so to speak. When to turn, when to stop, when to yield, and when to speed up. You see, for any dream to come to fruition, you got to have a plan. Write down that plan. Give yourself some deadlines, which is exactly what I did. I sat in my office at the insurance company I was working for, and I had had made up my mind that's what I was going to do. But every step of the way, everything I needed to do, required money at this point. Where was I going to get the money to buy the air ticket? Where was I going to get the money for tuition? Now, keep in mind, I said the exchange rate was one is to 10. That's pretty difficult math when you consider the income that was being earned at that time and, uh, and day. But one had to buy a ticket. One had to pay some of the tuition and you had to Come with some kind of money that you could use to survive until you got a job. All this was daunting, just to look at it. But because I was so determined and I told myself, I will do it. I can do it. I don't even know, now that I talk to you, how and what made me so confident that this could be done. Now keep in mind, I come from a family of two. It's myself and my sister. And... Nobody else really. No extended family to talk about. So I was planning on going to a foreign land where I was going to be by myself with no help, no phone call away, nothing. I was going and going to have to make it on my own. Sink or swim, so to speak. So my plan had to be solid and I had to be confident almost cocky crazy maybe some people might say so I said okay here we go I'm going to save enough money to pay off all my debts pay off the car that I was driving pay off you know the little assets that I'd acquired pay all of those off and then have enough money for an air ticket pay the school that needed some money up front And have some money left over to spend. And to give them when I get here. Now, again, it was all a big gamble. But a gamble that was worth every single hardship that I encountered. According to me, my plan was solid. But if I tell you the plan, you think I was crazy. Because as I said earlier on, I arrived here with two suitcases and half a semester worth of tuition. Well, the university had said they wanted the tuition before you start classes. The full tuition. So you pay them a little bit up front and then when you get here, you pay the rest of the tuition and you start your classes. So there is there comes I guess the the craziness of childhood I guess or youth or one can call it the confidence in oneself or the confidence in the fact that if you believe in something it is going to happen so my plan was to come here I had a few things that I bought that I thought oh you know these are going to be a hot seller people are going to buy this from me I'm going to sell this this few things a couple of jackets leather jackets I figured you know what if I can sell this for 32400 dollars a piece oh my goodness I'll be okay but again this was all a gamble I done no research whatsoever as to whether you can even sell leather jackets hoop to who you know I'm selling a leather jacket from Africa who cares Texas is full of cattle so it's full of leather so your leather jackets are not that fantastic anyway there's nothing about them that screams Africa there's nothing about them that screams anything but just a regular leather jacket it's 100% leather but that's about it so that plan obviously didn't work out I'll explain more about that later But so again what moved me is uh, is that I wasn't happy and that unhappiness and that Search for something bigger is really the fire that kept burning so I worked hard extremely hard for the next few months and the beautiful thing about the job that I was in was it was a commission based job life insurance was a commission based job so the harder you work the more money you make and I was already a top earner in the the branch so putting my foot down on the accelerator a little bit, gave me even more of an edge and a little bit more than what I was making before. So I paid off my debts, bought an air ticket and said, okay, I'm ready. And I remember um, the travel agent. I can't remember his name now, but anyway, the guy said, looked at me and said, hey man, are you going to come and pick up your ticket? I said, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to come pick it up. Um, you know, I'll have the money by Friday or something, whatever it was. So I went uh, to Thomas Cook, which was a travel agent at that time. Um, and I picked up the ticket. And he, he looked at me. He's like, so, man, you're going to America? And I said, yeah, I'm going to America. He says, so, what's your plan? He says, ah, I'm just going to go to school and I'll come back. And he looked at me and he says, man, I tell you, there are very few people who will come back. And I said, oh, no, 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 no. I'm coming back for sure. So... Picked up my ticket, Bulgarian Airlines, I remember that, long layovers, long, long layovers. I don't even know how many hours it took me to get here, maybe 40 hours or something like that. Um, Landed in New York, that's as far as I could afford my ticket. The rest had to be Greyhound. So you can imagine getting a, what was that, carry or some kind of a busing system or something or taxi system. In New York um, went to Grand Central Station bought my ticket for the Greyhound stored my bags in the storage there used to be storages back then before the world got crazy put my bags in the storage and uh, waited for the time to come it was uh, interesting walking around New York going to McDonald's getting something to eat it was different now get on a bus and travel with a Greyhound bus from Grand Central Station all the way to Texas. I can't even tell you how many days that took. Forget about taking a bath. <laughs> uh, you brush your teeth and that's it. You wash your face maybe with a little bit of water that's in the uh, bathroom in Greyhound. Exchange buses 3, 4, 5 times. Anyway finally got to my destination welcome to Texas this wonderful gracious uh, professor from a local university in Texas was nice enough to house me for a few days between the time that I arrived and when school was supposed to start in Oklahoma Um, poor lady I think of the smell now of a man who is not bathed for a week. Or however long it was. Anyway. Um, in this time period. I also. Got the news. About the. Leather jackets. Well. These things were not going to sell. For 500 bucks a piece. Or 200 dollars a piece. They would be lucky to sell it all. Went to the local flea market. There I found insurmountable number of jackets selling for anywhere from $50 to whatever it was. Tried all kinds of things to try and sell those jackets and quickly realized that uh, it wasn't going to happen. Like I said, this is Texas. There's nothing fantastic about your jackets. So, the struggle continues. Caught a little plane out of Austin, Texas to Oklahoma. This thing was probably, you know, 60, 70 yards from the ground. At least it seemed that way. Got to see everything or really got to see nothing. Oh my God, what have I done? It's when it started hitting me that where I was going, was flat, farming land in the middle of Norway. There were probably eight people on the plane Needless to say, made it there finally. There we are. Sit down, talk to the registrar, get all of that. Take out my traveler's checks and give them to him and I said, listen, this is half a semester and the other half a semester is coming. Bold-faced lie, there's no money coming. You know what I mean? There's no money coming. My mother had just been widowed a couple of years before. She had no money to send me. I had no brothers. My sister was unemployed at the time. She was finishing up a, some college that she was doing. Um, so there was no money coming. But I said, yeah, this there's there's half a semester, there's money coming. Just let me register. And as soon as it comes, I'll bring it to you. The folks were wonderful enough to let me register for classes. And um, went into student housing and started going to school. And then, of course, you start looking for a job. You go from this point to that point. From here to there, where am I going to get a job? Who's going to hire me? The questions are all the same. And then finally, I got a job at uh, the taco place. Taco Mayo, it was called. Very nice guy. Gave me a job. Said, hey, come in. Such such a day. You got black pants, right? Yeah, wear some black pants and I'll give you a t-shirt. Gave me a t-shirt. Started teaching me how to stuff tacos. He says, you have to hold it like a little egg. He says steve was his name you have to hold it like a little egg because if you don't you're gonna crush this crispy taco now i'm I'm a rugby player uh, a retired rugby player and of course finesse is not in my vocabulary and i think i must have held and crushed five of these things until i figured out you hold the edges anyway went through all that training and finally was able to stuff a few tacos wasn't the fastest so they end up putting me on drive through So here is where a concise plan and that picture that I talked about come into play. Because not only am I doing a job that is humiliating or maybe nicely put, extremely humbling. But I get off at midnight and I have to walk a mile and a half, two miles. So it was probably about a mile and a half that I got to walk back to school. Freezing cold. I had a jacket, but still freezing cold. And when I get home... Or when I get to my uh, dorm, I'll have to do homework, do everything else that everybody else has been doing, do my homework, make sure that's done, get ready for school tomorrow and rinse and repeat. So the thought of giving up, the thought of uh, fatigue or being tired never crossed my mind. I was begging for hours. I was begging to work uh, 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 40 hours, he wouldn't give me 40 hours, I think he started off giving me like 10 or, 10 or 15 hours then he gave me a little bit more and everybody knew that, hey if I want to call in, if I don't want to go to work that day, I know exactly who to call you call Regis and he'll he'll gladly do it and I did that so many times because I needed the money, so every time I got paid, I'd take my little check and I'd sign the back of it and hand it to the to the bursar at school, so here you go, so I lived on the bare minimum i knew where all the uh the happy meals were which restaurant was giving 99 cents for two burgers or whatever it was i knew all of that and that's how i lived so the struggle to attain what you want to attain is not as tough now i sit back and i'm trying to tell the story and i i I still i i have gaps I, i i couldn't tell you how i managed to go through school and pay my own way I never got a single loan or a scholarship. I paid my way through college, through my own work. So if you're determined, if you have a plan, you can make it. You just need to want it bad enough. If you want it bad enough, you'll figure out a way. And like I'm telling you right now, when I look back, somebody asks me, how did you survive? How did you manage to eat every day? How did you manage to do all the things that you did? Buy books and do this and do that. I mean, I got here and, and, and yeah, I went to the library. I mean, to, to uh, uh, the bookshop and I did purchase all my books. Half a, tuition, half a semester tuition was paid. I did purchase all my books. And after a while, I got a little note saying, hey, we're going to drop you from classes if you don't pay your tuition. So I went to the person and I, and I begged him and I said to him, listen, I'm not going anywhere. If I don't have money for tuition, I don't have money for an air ticket. So where am I going to go? Let me take my classes as I'm getting paid. You know where I work. You come there for for tacos every time. You know where I work. So every every time I get paid, I'm going to give you some money. And when they do finally, eventually send me some money, I'll give it to you. So that song and dance went on for a while until the economy back home started falling apart so it went from 1 is to 10 when i left to 20 to 30 to 40 to 50 to 60 to 100 all within a year so clearly at that point i knew there was no money coming but it at that point it was evident to the people who the recipients of the money the college that hey if the exchange rate has gone this bad the chances of this kid coming up with money for tuition that's going to come from his home is next to zero so they worked with me and i'm very grateful for those people david i think was his name the 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 bursar very gracious guy let me take my classes and every time i got paid i brought in the money so i soon found a second job trying to get that 40 50 hours however long it was so the pattern was very simple the pattern was um every semester i took 16 hours and I made sure all my classes were from the first available class until 11.30, 11.40 thereabouts. Because at noon, I had gone start my shift at one of the jobs. I left the taco place and started working at Sonic, the drive through Boy, was that a good job. I thought, this is wonderful. They paid us very little, an hour. But you got tips, you know, 5 cents, 10 cents, 15 cents. you like, lucky, you get a couple of quarters and it piles up. And that's that's how we made it. That's how I made it. So now I had the sonic job and I had another job at an uh, ice cream parlor. Ice cream parlor called Bronze. bronze. And uh, now I was working 40 hours at Bronze. And I was working 10 to 15 hours um, at Sonic. Great. Bronze was paying decent money for that time. I am sure, i can't remember how much it was, but it was um, a couple of dollars maybe over minimum wage. So that worked out perfectly. But I'll tell you this, that for the longest time, I lived off of my tips from Sonic. Because the check I got from Sonic, the check I got from Bronze... I just went back to David, flipped it over, signed my name and handed it back to him. Things got a little bit better. Finally got a job in uh, information center in the main library. Government documents. I was helping people with research who were trying to research and find government documents. It was a great job because it taught me a lot of uh, taught me a lot about uh, the library and how, you know, uh uh How it worked and and where to find books, where to find um, uh, uh, educational uh, publications, professional publications and all that. So that helped me tremendously. But that was a great job because all I had to do was sit at a desk and wait for somebody to come and ask me a question. And if you're lucky, if you've got the right shift, you get very few questions and you get to do your homework and you're getting paid. Hallelujah. And you're not on your feet because at Brahms, I was on my feet all day for eight hours and then i went to sonic house on my feet for another four four hours or whatever it was right so there is a sensation that the feet get when they get too tired and uh, fast forward 20 years later i understand now it's a condition that is uh, i think they call it restless feet or something back when i was in college i just called it fatigue so you'd get home, do your homework, do all this and do that, take a shower and lie down and say, Okay, I need to sleep. You couldn't get sleep. You couldn't sleep. You had to wait, or at least I had to wait, until my feet until my feet rested. And when my feet had rested, then I could get up. Or sorry, then I could I could sleep. Right? Then I could sleep because before that, my feet were tingling. There's no way that I could fall asleep. So anyway, so that went on, and uh, I then found another job, left the ice cream parlor, and found the best job of my entire uh, college life, which was uh, waiting tables uh, at a steakhouse. Boy, was that a beautiful job! So first off, I started off as a as a uh, What do they call those? The front desk. What do they call those? Anyway, um, greet people, you know, help out the waitresses every now and again. So I got the hang of it and they let me um, finally start waiting tables. Boy, was at a good job. I could work two, three. I worked three days a week, maybe four if I'm lucky. And I made as much money as I was making working seven days because the tips were decent. This was a steakhouse, the only steakhouse in the town, or the only reasonable one in the town. Um, so most people tipped well, so you could leave the night with 100 bucks, with, you know, 120 bucks, and that was a lot of money. That was a lot of money, you know. I, I remember I bought a little car, and, and a full tank of gas was $5. So you can imagine getting $100 was God. I mean, jeez. That's a great check, so I kept that job up until I graduated but needless to say, when I think about it later on i i came um, came to Texas and I found out that my staple food, what I lived on um they they called them dog bones uh cutoffs or whatever you want to call them I guess when they when they uh, the carcass of uh, of 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 a pig, they take the meat out. Whenever they make the the chops and uh, the steaks, they cut them out and you know discard of the bone and whatnot, whatnot. So those are quite meaty. There's a, there's a lot of meat on those things. They call them dog bones. Hell, I I bought those and made them with some cabbage, and that was a meal. You know, bought a little fridge and my fridge was always full of dog bones because I was good. So. I never ate out that much. The only place I ate out was the 99 cent burger with Carl's Jr. Or well, 99 cents for two or something like that. I remember it was. Yeah, I think you got two of them for 99 cents. That's the only place I ate. Um, but life wasn't that bad. Well, at least I wasn't complaining. Because I had my eye on that thing. I had I had my eye on that thing. I said, I'm going to graduate. I'm going to get out of here as quickly as possible. And as luck would have it... Um, my previous qualifications uh, had given me several hours. So I had a head start, so to speak. So I was never really a freshman. I think I was a low sophomore when I started. Um, I graduated um, in two and a half years. 16 hours, I think, is the least that I ever took insofar as um, credit hours every semester. And every summer I took two, or three classes. So while everybody else was partying, I was working 60, 70 hours a week at my two jobs and going to school full time, even in the summer, because I wanted to get out. I knew, or at least maybe something inside me knew that I couldn't sustain this kind of work. But looking back now, and even then, I don't remember a single time that I ever complained to myself or told myself this was hard or told myself this is unbearable. Or thought maybe why don't I just go back home i never I never ever thought about that because the the goal and the why was too big it was too big for me just to throw my hands up and say ah oh, I'm done this is crazy grit tenacity what are you willing to endure to get what you want what are you willing to give up to get what you want because I tell you There is nothing good that I've ever gotten and I dare to say that anybody has ever gotten something really good without sweat, without sacrifice, without you giving up something. It could be time, it could be sweat, it could be whatever it is, but you have to give up something. There has to be a price for whatever it is that you want. So, how badly do you want it? It's a question I ask every time. And if you want it bad enough, you will give up everything. You will give up your right arm for something that you want bad enough. So I say all of the hardship that I went through, the reason I didn't feel it, the reason I didn't see it, the reason I didn't think it was crazy, the reason I, I made it through that is because... That piece of paper meant more to me than anything else. And I was willing to sacrifice whatever I had to sacrifice. My self-dignity, my pride. I put all that in my pocket and sacrificed and did what needed to be done to get it. And I got it.